This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm super passionate about moving and thinking. On this show, we are going to dive into all things health, fitness, personal development, lifestyle, and political sociocultural. I've always been fascinated by people and I love learning from the experiences and stories of others. This has been a treat for me and I hope this is enjoyable and useful for you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Hello and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm here today with Clay Clark. He was here a few weeks ago and we did an awesome discussion. I wanted to bring him back to ask a few more questions since he is kind of a king of all the data. I I love all the information drops. So yeah, (laughs) I feel like it's a really good uh, way of uh, kind of arming people. You know, a lot of people have a They have questions, they have intuitions about what's going on, but they don't always have the facts at their disposal. And I feel like you're really good at providing us with that. So how are you doing today? Well, I'm I'm super glad I'm here with you. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you and your audience. And uh, there's uh, the good news, I have good news and bad news. The good news is uh, I've got to my right here, I've got a sound bank of seven sound clips. I'm going to play for your listeners today of what the World Economic Forum is actually saying they're going to do. So it's not me speculating what they're going to do. It's them actually saying it. Uh, the bad news is uh, I don't know that we want them to do what they say they're going to do, but I thought no. I could play some sound clips to get your takes on it. So the first one here, uh, yeah. this is the, the, the world economic forum. They have a, it was an organization started 1971 by a guy by the name of Klaus Schwab. He's also the author of the book called COVID-19, the great reset. And he has a top advisor by the name of Yuval Noah Harari. So you've all know Harar, he uh, gets on the mic and uh, says uh, this about doctors. He actually wants to go to a world where we don't have human doctors. Listen to this. Now the uh, machines are competing with us, not just in uh, uh, physical skills, but also in mental and cognitive skills, including things which were considered to be kind of the hallmark of, of what it means to be human. Uh, very often jobs which have kind of um, high social status and high pay are more easily replaceable. If you compare, say, doctors and nurses in the uh, hospitals, in the healthcare system. So we might think that it's harder to replace the doctors. After all, they get higher pay. But actually, at least some doctors are much easier to replace than nurses. If a doctor, if the main job of a doctor is basically to analyze data. The doctor receives information about the condition of the patient, has to analyze it, to compare it with all kinds of of, of models and reach a conclusion about what is the illness and what could be done about it. This job, which basically is just data processing, this is easily replaceable. Okay, love to get your take on that. 
Maybe you've heard that before. Maybe you haven't. What are your thoughts on this idea of going to uh, replacing physical doctors, human doctors with machine doctors? Well, so I actually have not heard that clip before. Um, and uh, I do not think that that is a good idea at all. I think the key thing they seem to miss and he's talked about this, is that we will no longer, you know, we're in the age of post-homeo sapiens. So we will no longer have a soul and we will no longer have consciousness. And uh, I, I think that's what he's alluding to here. And I think he really underestimates humanity because what makes a doctor is not just that they analyze data, not in the way that artificial intelligence would analyze data. There's actually a much more, uh, you know, intuitive and kind of a, they're, there's a lot of things it's multidimensional when a doctor is, at least it should be, a really good doctor takes into account, you know, an empathic component, a, you know, human component, a uh, intuitive guidance and prompting that they get in order to work with the patient. And that's something that AI can't do. Okay, let me, let me play this next audio here. This is a Yuval Noah Harari again, talking about how he wants to, uh, Courtney, move to a, a world without money. A world of non-money. Again, the World Economic Forum. You know, we're we're hosting the Reawaken America tour, right? We have right. Dr. Malone and Peter McCullough and Eric Trump and Don Jr. and so many great podcasters like yourself. We have these two-day massive events where people can gather gather together to learn the truth about election fraud, medical fraud, religious fraud, monetary fraud. Our events, we allow people to name name their price. It's an event for the average person. I would consider myself in that group. We're not elites. Meanwhile, the World Economic Forum is hosting a group where they actually hosting an event where they actually say it's for elites only. It is the World Economic Forum annual event. But this is the kind of stuff they say at these events. This is Yuval Noah Harari openly speaking about the future of money or lack thereof. Here we go. The nature of money is going to change quite dramatically. The old systems of, uh, of trust and of ownership uh, will have to adapt radically. Maybe the financial system will become so complicated mm -hmm. as AI takes over more and more uh, of the action that no, it will be just too complicated for the human mind. So how does a system functions when nobody, no human really understands it? Maybe the ultimate destiny of homo sapiens is just be consumers. You don't need humans for anything except as consumers. There are many occasions in history when uh, people didn't value very much other people as consumers. If you think about slave economies, so you didn't think, oh, we should, we should uh, uh, liberate all the slaves and improve their conditions so that they will buy our products. Uh, and in the future, Slavery is, is unlikely to return. If, if you need less humans, you definitely don't need slaves. But you could, for example, encounter a situation in which machines are also the consumers. You need consumers, but they, even, even in consumption, somebody is doing a better job than humans. You could have an entire economy flourishing without humans in the loop. You can have one corporation that mines ore and produces steel and sells it to a second corporation that produces robots. And they are sold back to the mining corporation uh, that mines more steel, more, more iron, produces steel, sell it to the robots corporation. And these two corporations can form an entire economic ecosystem 
which can spread from planet Earth to other planets and throughout the galaxy, just colonizing new planets and asteroids to mine things. And you just don't need humans in the loop. Okay, what could possibly go wrong if we have the world being led by people that want a non-human economy? That's horrifying. That, that's so horrifying. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. It's like, I, I just want people to understand, if you go to YouTube right now and you just type in, everyone can do, we can type in World Economic Forum, World Economic Forum on YouTube. We go there. And then you just go to their channel. This is this is the real stuff. Let me just play a brief audio uh, uh, clip here from the World Economic Forum. This is not me. This is just you can watch this right now. This is Klaus Schwab. He gets up there. Here he is. Coming together is history at the turning point. Government policies, corporate strategies. And they sit there and have these long conversations. So all I'm doing is going through these long six-hour video clips, four-hour video clips, two-hour video clips, and cutting it down to the best of the worst so your listeners can hear this and you don't have to watch all of this. Okay, now this is this is another one here. Uh, Yuval Noah Harari says there's really no better way to test global loyalty and sovereignty than with another pandemic. Listen to this. If you want to test global solidarity, what's easier than a global pandemic that, you know, it threatens all of us. It's, it's obvious that as long as the pandemic keeps spreading in one country, it poses a threat to all the other countries because of the mutations and so forth. Uh, and it's, it's not a human enemy. So, you know, it's, it's all, all of us humans uniting against this terrible virus. Ideally, the response to COVID should be the establishment of a global healthcare system a basic healthcare system for the entire human race. We need some kind of global loyalty and global identity. Now, we did have countries that did a good job. Australia is an example. So we have to create a new team. I believe we should create what I call the germ team. Uh, germ stands for global epidemic response and mobilization. What could possibly go wrong there, Courtney, with having a global healthcare system uh, being led by Bill Gates? And right in time for them to spread the uh, monkeypox fear. Right. Yeah. This is big. Now, I, I want people to understand this. We are not alarmists. I am not saying these things. Out of, I'm, not, I'm not just sitting down and editing and modulating my voice to sound like Bill Gates, to come up with pithy sound clips <laughs> to get to your attention. That's not what I'm doing. I am literally playing for you just things they're actually saying out loud. Now, this is this is where my, my head really starts to explode. Elon Musk keeps talking about how we need to merge yeah. the brain yeah. and the computer. He just keeps doing it. And uh, people, for some reason, on the right, continue loving Elon Musk. I don't, I don't get it. He's so I'm going to play just a little speech. Oh my gosh! Let me hit player. This is Elon Musk okay. speaking okay. out loud. Elon Musk. Okay, Elon Musk over here. Just so we're clear, folks, look this up. Assume what I'm saying is wrong. Okay, go to timetofreeamerica.com. Click on the button that says the truth about Elon Musk, and I'm going to give you four facts about Elon Musk that I think most people don't know. Inside the COVID-19 shots, there's RNA, mono, RNA 
modifying nanotechnology, mRNA modifying nanotechnology inside the shots. The man who owns one of the largest mRNA manufacturing factories is Elon Musk. The company's called CureVac. Two, Musk always warns us. The the, the viral vectors are also nanotech. I just want to put that in there, but go on. Yeah. He constantly is saying, well, we need to look out for AI. AI could be dangerous. AI, I tried to warn you. AI. There's always emotional, weird videos on YouTube about how Elon Musk is warning us about AI. He's here to help us save ourselves from AI. But yet Elon Musk started OpenAI, and OpenAI's largest investor, one of their largest investors is Bill Gates. So they're making the very technology they're warning us about. Three, you've all know Harari loves self-driving cars because they allow us to be tightly controlled and again, who's the one driving and creating the, the, the self-driving cars? Elon Musk. And then we need 30, the World, the World Economic Forum needs 30,000 low-orbit satellites to connect humans at all times to the internet, to, put, to blanket the Earth in 5G technology, 5G. We need 30,000 low-orbit satellites to make this happen. And we need a, a, we need a technology that connects brains to computers Yep. And, the, and the, the technology is being developed by Elon Musk. It's called Neuralink. So listen to Elon Musk explaining during an interview. And he's partners uh, with Charles Lieber, who created the Neuralace. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for anybody out there that doesn't know what you know, Charles Lieber uh, got paid $50,000 a month to work for the Chinese to create nanotechnology that goes inside the human body that connects human body, the human body to 5G. And as you just mentioned, the connection between Lieber and Musk, it would seem as though maybe we shouldn't trust Musk. But then Lieber was heavily financed by Jeffrey Epstein Mm -hmm. and Bill Gates. Mm -hmm. It would seem as though we probably shouldn't trust Lieber. And then Lieber was making RNA-modifying nanotechnology that goes inside the human body to connect the human brain to 5G for the Chinese it would seem as though we shouldn't trust Lieber. Okay, but let's hit player. This is Elon Musk. <laughs> you know, yeah, the animal or reptile brain. Um, and then there's the cortex, which the cortex, by the way, is largely in service to the, the reptile brain. <laughs> Could you imagine that one day we would be able to download our human brain capacity into a Optimus? Yeah. I think that is, I'm not saying this is, I think it is possible, I think, to do that. It is possible. Which would be a a different way of eternal life, because we would also download our personalities into a body. Yes, we we could download uh, the things that we believe make ourselves unique. Now, of course, if you're not in a body anymore, that there's definitely going to be some difference there, you know, so... um, but as far as preserving our memories, um, our, our personality, if you will, uh, we could, I think we could do that. So like, what, what is an economy? Uh, like what, people get confused. Sometimes they think an economy is money. Money is a database for uh, exchange of goods and services and for time shifting the exchange of goods and services. That's, it's a, it, Money is a database. Money doesn't have power in and of itself. Um, like you can run the thought experiment. So if you're, if you're trapped on a, you know, a remote island, a shipwrecked on an island, 
um, uh, and you've got a trillion dollars in a Swiss bank account, it's worthless. You'd rather have a can of soup. So, you know, all the Bitcoin in the world, you're still going to starve. <laughs> so, uh, the, the actual economy is goods and services. Um, so then, what limits the output of goods and services? Um, the left limiter is labor. Uh, even capital is the store of labor. So the limiting factor for the economy is, is, is labor. And so if you address the limiting factor for the economy, then it's not clear that an economy in a traditional sense has any meaning anymore because you have no constraint on, on goods and services. He's advocating for a world without money. This is what he's doing. This is Elon Musk. Uh, Courtney, any, any concerns about what he just said, offering eternal life, uh, economy without money? Just thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's horrifying. Essentially, it, well, what's going to happen if we don't have money? They still have money. They, they'll have the money to control everyone. This is essentially just, they, they just want a... a transhuman feudalistic ai takeover you know like a kurzweilian kind of a world it's yeah i encourage everybody out there if you uh, want to know what's going on today go yeah. to time to freeamerica.com time to freeamerica.com and i'm just going to read this uh out there for everybody else. I, I haven't read this on any show yet i haven't shared okay. this yet but the lineup for and are you coming to virginia beach are you coming I, to, I'm coming to, wait, is that the one in July? Yes, ma'am. Yes, I'm coming. Yes. Okay. I, I've got to get a, a lot of the guests on your show. That has to happen. If you, are you going to set up your recording? Are you going to be recording there or not so much? I would or? love to. Yeah. Let's set it up. Seriously. If you're going to do, I'll, I'll try to send as many of the guests your way as possible, but let me just share who we have coming to the Reawaken America tour in July. So far speaker supplies, uh, pastor Greg Locke, uh, Dr. Zelenko, uh, awesome. whistleblowing nurse, Aaron Olszewski, Rashid Batar, uh, yeah. Eric Trump, Don Trump Jr., Steve Schultz from Elijah Streams, uh, Steve Strang, the founder of Charisma Magazine, Karen Kingston, Donna Clement Petruska, uh, Jimmy Levy in high res. Again, Donna Clement is Kim Clement's daughter, Jim Brewer, the comedian, Donald J. J. Trump Jr., Dr. Judy Mikovits, Dr. Dave Martin, Cash Patel, Sean Stone, that's Oliver Stone's son, Pastor Phil Hudson Pillar. Mike Lindell, Dr. Richard Bartlett, Mel Kay, Dr. Stella Emanuel, Lance Wallnow, Pastor Mark Burns, and General Flynn. That's just day one. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be, if you're out there studying the truth and looking for the truth uh, yeah. right now, again, uh, you know, you're always working on adding and doing some different things. We have, I believe, 84 confirmed speakers over a two-day window and this event just continues to grow and grow and grow. And what's happening is people are discovering. I don't even, I don't understand. I have, I really have a hard time. My empathy needs to go up somehow. I don't understand how the World Economic Forum could actually host a massive event featuring Will I Am and Charlize Theron and, and you know, uh, Matt Damon and, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. And they could actually say out loud what they're doing and describe it out loud what they're doing. That Klaus Schwab could actually say things out loud and then people would label the reporting on what they're saying as a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Listen to this. With all the current issues on our agenda, we tend to forget 
so that we are in the midst of the fourth industrial revolution, which accelerates global change in much more comprehensive and faster ways than the previous three revolutions. The difference of this fourth uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you. If you take a genetic editing, right. uh, just as an example, it's you who exactly. are changed. Yeah. And of yeah. course, this has a big impact yeah. on your identity. We need to realize that humans are now hackable animals. You can hack them. So this is what they're saying out loud. A good two-way communication system, direct communication system between brains and computers, this is kind of uh, the, the watershed moment. I mean, once you have a good two-way, nobody has any idea what happens after that. Well, I think maybe in a couple of decades when people look back, the thing they will remember from the COVID crisis is this is the moment when everything went digital. And if this, is, this was the moment when every, everything became monitored, that we agreed to be surveyed all, all the time, not just in authoritarian machines, but even in democracies. And maybe most importantly at all, this was the moment when surveillance started going under the skin. They're saying it out loud. They're not hiding it at all. I, I, I mean, how could it possibly be that, it's, that, that the mass majority of people, the vast majority of people, regard reporting of the World Economic Forum as a conspiracy theory? How does that even happen? It's absolutely ludicrous. I mean, and it's just because they've weaponized the term. You know, the CIA weaponized the term conspiracy theory. It was in a document 1035-960, and it was to avert any investigation into the Warren Commission. And now they're just replaying that, you know, same uh, weaponization of the term. I, I have a question for you because they, you know, they're now rolling out the, the fear porn of the monkeypox, and then they just did the, you know, the pandemic treaty which gives them kind of power over all of the, uh, you know, sovereign nations to, you know, roll out all of these, you know, measures like they did with COVID. And, you know, that was one of the things you started the Reawaken America tour to fight against a lot of these, you know, really totalitarian measures. What are your thoughts for people, uh, you know, now that they're, they're going to try and I, I think they're going to try to do part two. Well, I, I believe that right now we are living through the fulfillment of the Great Reset and that uh, the, the uh, Dr. Bregan, by the way, did a great job reporting on this. Dr. Peter Bregan, a great friend of mine, B-R-E, it's B-R-E-G-G-I-N. You can check out, let me, let me pull up his website because I want people to get, I want to give credit where credit's due there. But Peter Bregan, he's been doing just an insane amount of research, breaking down all the details of what's happening. And I'm just going to give you a cliff note. But basically, the World Health Organization now ha has uh, superseded the United States sovereignty. So what that means is that they, the World Health Organization, can declare a uh, health emergency whenever they want to. That website is bregan.com, B-R-E-G-G-I-N.com, bregan.com. And so whenever the World Health Organization wants to declare a global pandemic, they can and they, we, the United States citizens, can't stop them. 
because they now have the authority to do so because Biden, Joe Biden signed over our sovereignty. Let me more succinctly communicate this. This is Michelle Bachman and Naomi Wolf reporting on this. Let me hit play. And I think this will give you a nice little wrap up here. Let me hit play. Three revolutions. They're not going to stop. Britain is already talking about giving up sovereignty. People in Ireland are already saying, what can we do? What can we do? There are 198 countries that are, you know, discussing giving up sovereignty. 40 countries have already signed on, including the big guys, the EU, the UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Norway, Switzerland, the real countries, 40 countries have already signed on. So presumably they already have the votes. So the vote will be taken. And then there's a six month period before the actual vote becomes effective. And that's in November. And that's interesting timing because no matter which party wins in the fall, Presumably, it won't matter because this Welcome, creates everyone. a My platform name. for global governance. Because if you take healthcare decisions that we saw for the last two and a half years have effectively destroyed American businesses, hurt people's lives. So again, the World Health Organization now, as of May 22nd, now has the ability to declare a pandemic in America with the justification, which isn't true, but the justification that by us not locking down, if we in America decide not to lock down, we are then a threat to the global community. Thus, they could send out United Nations troops onto American soil if need be to stop the global pandemic. So that, that's what's happening. So now at the same time, the again, May 22nd is the day that occurred. Now the monkeypox outbreak began on May 22nd, the, the, the reporting of it, May 22nd. And now the World Health Organization right now is talking about what they might have to do to stop the uh, monkeypox. Joe Biden is talking about what we have to do to stop the monkeypox. And then the World Economic Forum is now hosting uh, and, and their, their event now, their annual event at Davos, where they're now talking about the future of the world. And uh, they're talking about how food shortages are more than likely going to occur. And uh, let me play one more audio. Uh, just I think maybe be helpful. This is Klaus Schwab. Openly talking about their plan, which is going to be uh, happening right now. Listen to this. We do not yet know the full extent and the systemic and structural changes which will happen. However, we do know that global energy systems, food systems, and supply chains will be deeply affected. Welcome, okay. everyone. My name is Rebecca so Christine, is, and I'm the deputy managing editor at the New York Times. So the New York Times is teaming up with the World Economic Forum right now to host the United States Economic Outlook, which where they're, they're explaining and pontificating out loud what the future of the U.S. economy looks like in the future of the world. It is absolutely insane. We did not elect Klaus Schwab. We did not elect Yuval Noah Harari, but yet they are acting as though they are the leaders of the world. Yeah. So how do we fight against this? What, what do you think we do to stop this from happening? Well, I have uh, uh, three action steps for everybody. Yeah. Um, one, yeah. if you go to time2freeamerica.com, you can download my book called The Great Reset versus The Great Reawakening for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just explains everything we just talked about on today's show and more. You can see all the patents that prove the plan. It ties it in from a biblical perspective. It's all there. You can download it for free. Um, or if you want to buy the book, you go to time2freeamerica.com and we have that in the shopping cart. So one, we have to get educated. Two, you have to get connected. 
And that's why we're doing the Reawaken America tour. And that's why I'm not going to be doing the Reawaken America tour forever. I'm doing that up and through the midterms because I'm trying to uh, connect senators, doctors, pastors, preachers, teachers, lawyers. We have hundreds of pastors coming to the Reawaken America tour in Virginia Beach, and they're coming to be connected. They wanted us to stay isolated and apart and divided. So I'm trying to bring America together during this challenging time. So I encourage you to go to the Reawaken America tour. And again, if you want to buy tickets, you can name your price. So it's the only event that I've ever heard of where you can just pay whatever you feel led to pay. And you can get those tickets by going to timetofreeamerica.com. And when you're there, get connected. Find the doctors, the lawyers, the attorneys that are in the fight. Find out who you can team up with and what you can do. And the third thing is we need to be praying about how God can use your time, your treasure, and your talent to save this nation. There's not a single person listening right now who's more important or less important. God has a plan for every single person. There's not a single person that was created by error, by accident. There isn't anybody who comes from a higher class of people. We are all children of God, and we all we all fall short of the glory of God, and we all know that we get our rights from God. We talk about how we have certain inalienable God-given rights. Well, we've allowed God to be taken out of almost every institution in America, and we find ourselves living in a godless culture. So we need to put God back in everything, and that involves you and I and everybody getting right with God, recalibrating, recommitting, refocusing, and I just encourage everybody, get involved, get your tickets for Virginia Beach, that's in July at timetofreeamerica.com or Rochester, New York in August at timetofreeamerica.com. It's going to be a blasty blast. And I really do appreciate you carving out time to allow me to be here. Thank you so much. I have one more question for you. And sure. it is a, a bit of a, a kind of a personal question, but. Oh, oh here we I, go. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I had heard you talk about your son was born blind. Yeah. Is that correct? Okay. Just, yes. Just and, uh, this is very personal to me. I, I'm blind in one eye, actually. And uh, one of the conversations I've had with people, so you are very, very aware, and you are doing a great job of educating people on this transhuman agenda. And yeah. so one of the things that I, I, I know a little bit about your story, but feel free to elaborate. Uh, but one of the things that people say is that transhumanism isn't bad because it really does. And of course, this is how the elites couch it too, when they like to talk about it, that it's, you know, enhancing and empowering humanity. So for somebody, uh, you know, like me, I'm also hearing impaired. I wear hearing aids. Some people get a cochlear implant and they claim that that's part of transhumanism. Uh, you know, I have different opinions on it, but I'd love to hear from your perspective, your thoughts on that. Well, I know that uh, Satan is a, is a deceiver. And mm -hmm. so I'm going to mention three examples that people cannot get out of their head. Okay. I'm, just gonna give you, I'm sorry. I have to go here. Um, one, we've got uh, abortion. Mm -hmm. Two, we've got uh, physical impairment. Mm -hmm. And three, we have sexual immorality. So let's just talk about all three. Yeah. Um, yeah. The satanic argument for abortion has always been, well, what if the mother's life is, in, is at stake? Right. Is, it, is it risk? And now, what, 3,000 babies a day are aborted because of that logic? And they're aborted because, so it's basically a baby is now punished for the mother or father's mistake or, or lack of discretion or whatever. So the argument was, hey, to protect the life of the mother and the woman's choice to protect herself uh, if she were to die or be injured as a result of pushing the baby out of her birth canal, then therefore uh, we need to allow abortion. And now abortion's just done at scale for, for no justification at all, just because. 
Um, sexual immorality. Uh, a lot of uh, men, clever men in the 70s, 60s, 50s, they would try to convince their girlfriend to move in with them before they were married. And you would go, wow, I can't believe that happened or that was shocking or that was interesting. Now, pretty much everybody gets lives lives with somebody before they're married because it's economically convenient, mm -hmm. thus producing more kids out of wedlock, thus producing more single parent homes, et cetera. And we find ourselves now with this uh, transhumanism technology. They're going to say to improve your vision, to improve your sight, to improve your heart, to improve your brain. We need to put this implant inside you. And eventually that implant, it's called Neuralink, we will be able to control your thoughts. And uh, I just know we're all created in God's image. And as this new technology continues to become more and more pervasive, it's going to, you're going to hear more and more um, justifications for it. Uh, most, I would say, first, we'll start with helping quadriplegics to walk. Then it will be helping the, the the mute to talk, helping the 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 deaf to hear. Then it will be to help people improve their brain powers to overcome Lou Gehrig's disease, MS, that sort of thing. And eventually, it will just be said: this is this technology is. It, it, you should take this technology in your body if you want to have eternal life. Wow. Yeah, I know Facebook is actually patented to wear a wrist, a wearable wrist uh, device to read your thoughts so you don't have to type. And they've couched it in for people who are, you know, paralyzed and can't type. So Facebook. Yes. Unbelievable. Thank you, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Hey, thank you so much for carving out time, Court. I really do appreciate thank allowing you. me to be here. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you soon. And thank you for what you're doing. Take, Take care. care, Chief. Bye-bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.